Groove Cafe. It is the Groove Cafe on RX Radio, and I am Crystal. Always excited to chat with my guests, hear their stories. Ha, guys, I don't know if I can cover all the things I want to talk about with my guest today because she is a passionate parent. She's a co host of the show Bump Love that we all love. She's also an experienced research analyst and an economist working with Bank of Uganda. I have Pumla Nabatwa joining me today on the Groove Cafe. Hi, Pumla. Hi, Crystal. How I'm you doing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and just to say something, I'm an economist first. I don't know why. Why people mm-hmm. always start with um, bump love? Because then, you're on TV. Economist by profession. First, it's what I do. Eight to five. Bump love is just who I am. I That's know. my passion. Can but I you see, you're on television <laughs> and on social media, <laughs> and then we we find out about you there and how passionate you are as a parent, yeah. and a lot of your personality also comes through. Yeah. And then people are like, wait, so. she works in I Bank of so. Uganda, which I is such so. you know, in everyone's mind, it's such a like a conservative workplace yeah. and i guess that's why people are like mm, okay. yes yes i think there seems to be like a misalignment between my personalities mm-hmm. in the space of an economist and then in the space of a passionate parent on mm-hmm. bump love mm-hmm. and on social media mm-hmm. and on tv mm-hmm. so yeah but when it's time i i think i just put my place in compartments when it's time to work time to serve time to analyze policy time to do research i'm a certain way mm-hmm. then when it's time to feel free and do what i want and you know mm-hmm. impact on people in that type of space then but aren't yeah. you blessed aren't you blessed to be able to do that I think we all are. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that some people maybe... I think some people don't fearful. allow themselves. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. There's a quote that I saw about it. I think it's Marian Williamson. It was quoted by Mandela. And then it's like, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our mm. deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. So some people see other people do things and it's a hold back on yourself. Yes. But if you allow, like open, I think you've had the quote that, oh, what if I fall? And then someone says, oh, but what if you fly? Mm-hmm. I think it's just a fear of, I don't know what happens if I take the leap. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then I think people are also so worried about consequences. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry too much about consequences. I found out there like later on, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. but what that allows you to do is to experience life in a different um, and also place. people are worried about public opinion worry opinion public of opinion. others yet they don't live with you they're not in your home and your life with you I wonder how we're, and is I that something know. you've ever struggled with never in my life <laughs> actually let me tell you mm-hmm. growing up if anything is what caused me most of my problems oh. the fact that I didn't really care about what people thought uh-huh. and, I, and you see it's okay for you to do that after you've left your parents house mm-hmm. you see but then if you're kind of when you're still in that, that unit that, eh? in that unit and then you have to conform oh. to authority mm-hmm. both within the house and outside at school led me to suspensions to expulsions in the home I was always being like held at and whatever oh. but that's because I just didn't care I didn't want to do wrong all I knew was that I didn't want to do wrong by people. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to be allowed to do what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was like a perspective if you were, I was raised in a Christian household. So I knew do to others as you want them to do unto you. Love mm-hmm. your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, live in a community, be all right. But I wanted to do my own things. Yeah, and things at your time. At my when, time, you know, what I wanted. How you wanted how to do them. I wanted to do them. I can only imagine so the issues that come with that. Pro- yeah, it was a problem. When I hear people saying, oh, adulting is tough. I'm like, me, adulting is the best thing that ever happened to me 
because oh. no one can beat me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll still just <laughs> do what I want. There was beatings. There were so many consequences. Like I was punished so much for oh, just man. being myself. And it just caused me problems like mm-hmm. throughout. And I tried and I always felt like a lack of fulfillment. There's something wrong. I can do more. Did you I'm ever feel that stifled. there was something wrong with you? Because Never. I feel that that's a dangerous thing that can happen to a child sometimes Never. when they're not of, understood. Of course I question. Mm. Definitely. Time and time and again, I questioned. I wondered, why can't I do better? And then I tried mm. to conform and then I just got sad. I just get unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but then you'd also be sad because you're disappointing other people because you're not meeting their ideology of mm-hmm. what a good child is. A good child be. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm able to thrive more in my different spaces because mm-hmm. there's no one allowed to say stop. Okay, at the end of the day, we're human beings. We all have... And I work in a conservative place. I work mm. in Bank of Uganda. Yes, yes. And I know these rules I have to conform to. And yes, when in Rome, act like the Romans do. Mm-hmm. But then the room that you're put in is not as confined mm-hmm. as it was when you were younger. So they kind of allow you to do you within certain confines. But the confines are flexible. They are more flexible. They're not. It's not like a, a box, you guys. I wish you could see where we were. <laughs> I didn't know that crystal shot in like a, If you have what's that condition? Claustrophobia. Claustrophobic. You would not be here. <laughs> really? But we have a window. We can see outside. Okay, okay so a plane of glass. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's... No, it's for me, adulting is the best thing that happened. Well, that's because. very interesting about that. That says a lot also about your personality type. Yeah. What are some of the examples when you look back at your child things that you would do that would get you in trouble but to you you were just like what Hmm?" okay let me give you an example I liked to go and hang out with my friends okay right Mm -hmm. I would do my homework on time and when I knew something was coming Mm -hmm. I prepared in advance I tried to tick all my parents boxes okay so that I could eventually be allowed to just go and let's say if we had coaching I'll give you like a real life example Mm -hmm. I had a coaching time mm-hmm. and they would say I struggled a little bit in mathematics so I'd had coaching for mathematics mm-hmm. but I knew coaching ended at was 9 to 11 a.m. let's say okay. right mm-hmm. but then there was a get together with my friends at 2 p.m. okay mm-hmm. right so I'll say but my parents would now want me home by 11 so what I'll do is <laughs> a little bit of maybe flank another subject so that I could have coaching from 12 to two or from two to four <laughs> so that so you could that I could stay longer and just be with my friends and we were not doing anything wrong you just wanted to hang I out just with wanted to friends. hang out with my friends I didn't want to go back home at the time mm. and it's not like I was putting anybody on pressure you can take public means you're taking a taxi and go home mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything wrong I just wanted to have some time with my friends and I'm like Okay, and then when my parents find out about that, oh my goodness, that becomes a problem because mm-hmm. now mom comes to the coaching place and says, I'm not there. Where did she go? She's just going to cross. And I'm not far. I'm just going to cross there to one again just mm-hmm. for a bit. And now we're like, I swear, like an hour tops. Okay, maybe two or three. <laughs> I can hear you, but I can also see where as a parent, control is a very tricky okay, thing. As a parent, yeah, mm. you can see where. Yes. Oh my God. And I think that's wrong. one of the biggest issues for parenting, to yes. be able to have boundaries but yes. not be controlling yeah because some children like you yes. hey <laughs> but you see and the strange thing is that 
I didn't do anything wrong. Like I'll give you an example. I went out with my friends without my parents' knowledge, mm-hmm. but I first took a sip of alcohol on campus. You never well, did anything were, like that I didn't before. Do, I didn't take campus. I didn't even have my first kiss before that. I had my first kiss on campus. Like it's not like I was going to do anything wrong or yeah. anything bad. I didn't engage in anything. I didn't smoke. I didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like as parents you should be able to trust your foundation. Mm-hmm. You should be able to. I feel like insecurities in parenting come when we are insecure in our parenting. Mm-hmm. If you're not confident in the fact that you're doing your best, it's not an easy fit for a parent to mm-hmm. say, I've done my best, that is it. I've let God handle Live and the rest. let God. Mm-hmm. No, it's so difficult. But I feel if you can build yourself and say, you know what, I've done what I can and you know your child because mm-hmm. you also know, have to know your kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, Because they're all different. They're all different and you can see that that one, huh? If I let her go, if I let him go, problems. Mm-hmm. But this one, if I leave them a little more room, let's see what happens. But you guard them. You don't confine them. Uh-huh. You just watch. First, leave them a little bit and mm-hmm. watch and then see what happens. When you see that they are falling, actually, let them fall. Mm-hmm. But if you see, oh my God, now we are getting problems getting up, then that's when you come in. Like, excuse me. You see, this is what I was trying to tell you. I was trying to explain to you. But my mommy then says now that mm-hmm. I shock them. Okay. <laughs> like, I literally <laughs> shock them. And I was telling them, you see, but in all the education I have done, like I went and did my master's and my mom was even shocked that I would want to go and do a master's. Oh my in goodness. in her mind, that was even more rules, even more authority, even more. But I was like, you see, I started doing really well in school when I was on campus. Ah. In my when you were able to start when making your own, my own choices. choices my mm-hmm. own decisions. When nobody was in my head, mm-hmm. I feel I felt I took so much time fighting authority mm-hmm. and forgetting to really concentrate on my studies and my <laughs> education. But now on campus, it's up to you. They lectured me so much. I think my parents were so fearful. Oh my God, they wanted me to stay at home. Mm-hmm. But I remember I did the best in my academics on campus and I started to love education and I loved economics and I loved, I was like, oh my God, if only someone had let me go a little bit. Earlier, let you be and do things bit. your way. Not let you be. You're still a child. Mm-hmm. There still has to be control. Mm-hmm. But not those reins. You can loosen them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit and see what happens. Okay. So I think for me, then when I went to do my master's, it was again. Now I was in a foreign country. I was with different people. I was actually in a system. And when I went, I did my master's in Manchester. Mm-hmm. When I went to Manchester, yeah. I was like, I was born in the wrong country. <laughs> You recommend literal, it? <laughs> uh, you know, you know, like I reached and I was like, oh my god! In my mind, I always envisioned this type of world, mm-hmm. or this universe where mm. they allow you to be you, to do you, be creative as you want, and then manage the consequences afterwards. Not don't, 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 mm. don't. Then after, when you're older, they say, okay, now we do. After so many <laughs> don'ts at the back of my mind, what are you telling me to do? Uh-huh. Right? It was like. Wow, like you know, like mind blowing. Yeah. Like, oh my god, you mean people live like this mm-hmm. and it's okay and it's normal mm-hmm. and they are letting you and allowing you to do you and be you. It was so refreshing. And there I thrive. Now that was literally the peak of my academics. Wow. I was like, oh my goodness. And that's when I actually doubly fell in love with economics and mm-hmm. I decided this is definitely going to be my career path. Mm-hmm. Just letting go and that's just it. Oh, wow. So yeah. you found yourself and you found your joy to I did. To your, you know, to what you're excellent at. I do. Okay. <laughs> now, it's I funny did. you say, okay, the parenting part comes later. Yeah. But we're on that right now because I imagine that yeah. has influenced how you parent as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those experiences. 
I guess so. Yeah, two ways. I turned out all right. Mm-hmm. So that means my parents must have done something right, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. So that means the control was not a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. So much as I acknowledge that it stifled a few things, mm-hmm. I believe parents in whatever generation are always doing the best they can. Parents mm-hmm. love their children. I don't. True. Of course, the exceptions to the rule where and things go human, wrong. And they yeah, make mistakes. They're human. They make mistakes. But you. Mostly the biggest lessons you learn are through your mistakes. Anyway, sure. people can tell you things in theory, A, B, C, D, E, but until you <laughs> fall and realize. But I think the goal is acknowledging I made the mistake. Let me do better. Uh-huh. Right? So I always felt that, yeah, and I had these conversations with my parents. And yeah, they said, of course, their parenting was also based on how they were raised. Mm-hmm. So we don't know any better. There's no manual again. Mm-hmm. For and you normally think you're so doing your fault because you look at how you were parented. Exactly. Like, I'm doing so much better, better. right? <laughs> You think you're doing so much. And I think your children grow up and they tell you where you went wrong. Mom, no. (laughs) Yeah, and I think I'm allowing the feedback Mm -hmm. from my child Mm -hmm. to an extent. Not that I give him much room, but Mm -hmm. I kind of allow room for feedback with my child now because Mm -hmm. I realized when I grew. And then that's when I started to say all these things in mm-hmm. retrospect, okay. which is not very helpful to your parents yes, because now you what can be they do? These conversations. Yeah, they can't do anything, and now you're just making them feel bad mm-hmm. about what they were not able to do, what they could have done, or making them justify why they did things the way they did, mm-hmm. which is not helpful. It's true. Not, it's not constructive. No, in it's a not. Way, yeah? It's not. So you decide as a parent in that space that you know what? Okay, this is what went wrong for me. Mm-hmm. Let's see how I can do better. But like my parents did a great job in their setting. Yeah. So now the world dynamic, we're moving. It has changed. It has changed. Mm -hmm. And I can recognize my voice in my child. Mm -hmm. Like I see myself trying. Because even when I know that I don't want to be stifled, I still stifle my child. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I know that, no, let the reins. I speak. Loosen the reins. I still feel that the grip. You're pulling. I'm pulling. (laughs) So it makes you realize that it's such an interesting dynamic. It happens. So Mm -hmm. it means you've got to make a conscious decision Mm. to do all that, loosen a bit and then see. Like I say it a lot, but I catch myself. And my son tells me like it's feedback. I'm like, what? But no, no, no. I thought I was doing. Mm -hmm. But then this and that. That's a beauty. I think the more you allow your children to speak speak, as well. You hear things, but, and not, but not speak too much. Yes, also. yes. There has to be a parent and a because child. Man, when if you give them free reign, that's the thing. There's some people are like you know my children are my friends, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I'm always mm-hmm, that person mm-hmm. who's like, but you know you're a parent before exactly. that, and there's sometimes you cannot be a friend because I you know. must be a parent. You have to be a parent first. Uh-huh. I think but parent no, first. No, for me, my children are my no, friends. Like when people first. say my child is my best friend, I have issues. I hear that. I'm like, why would you burden your child with your adult I things? I hear that. But do you think that can evolve? Maybe like when, you're when you're older. much older. Yes, but I not get it, when I your child it. is still a, child a teenager below. Friends. Mm. No, I don't understand it. But again, because parenting has no manual, mm-hmm. I haven't found people who have had that um, that relationship with their children. I've seen both. It happens either way. Like mm-hmm. it, I feel like the statistics remain the same on how does that relationship grow. Mm-hmm. And some of them I see have thrived and they're good in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And I've seen others where things go really, really south. That's the thing <laughs> about parenting. You know, you can also do everything you think is right. Yes. And then... Yeah, because you don't know what... There's no one telling you that if you do one plus one plus three plus five, because mm-hmm. you'll do all those things and then forget that that theory might work 
work where all factors constant mm-hmm. where ceteris paribus a child is like this and is expected then you forget that we have these deviations mm-hmm. and then you think you're going to bring your one static kind of parenting mm-hmm. to those deviations as well no and i think that's why we're having like one two children because <laughs> those days parent 20 kids the same this yes. is how it should be this is we are no room for the dis- sleeper and, and consequences for anything that goes wrong discipline is discipline teaching mm. is teaching this right is right wrong is wrong, wrong. no gray area uh-huh. but now people are starting to parent they are, how can you have five kids and parent for all five different mm. what the heck no, that's <laughs> too much work when i think about the the young pumla right yeah. i mean you you found your love at university that's when you yeah. said you fell in love with academics yes. what did you think you were going to be when you were much younger did you have dreams to be a pilot a dancer. or something a dancer. I wanted. Have to you be indulged in that? No. I, yes, because I went to in my primary school. My mom used to take me to those to national theater. Okay. For those production shows by Namasagali. Aha. Uh-huh. So I knew I wanted to go to Namasagali. Okay. But now my parents are high achiever conservative. You're either going to Budo or Smak or Gayaza or mm, Namakonga. Those goals. Mm-hmm. So we settled and I said, okay, Gayaza, because I'd also seen a production by Gayaza. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, maybe. They were not as good as Namasagali for sure. Uh-huh. But I was like, ah, you never know, maybe. So I went to Gaza then. My parents actually had, and I, they knew I wanted to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. I'm also a swimmer. I was actually in the national team for uh, swimming uh-huh. when I was younger. Okay. I knew I was talented in swimming, but I didn't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. I loved to dance. Okay. So for the opportunities in Gaza that I found, I could dance. I was part of all these clubs. I was part of dancing clubs. When entertainment, mm-hmm. like I was actually in charge of entertainment by the time I finished. So I positioned myself in those places and spaces. Mm-hmm. But it also hit me much earlier on that no this is not where <laughs> you're going <laughs> you know and you think you're a great dancer and uh-huh. then you find great dancers and you're like alright <laughs> I don't think mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be it's so, interesting so that you well. talked about being a, a competitive swimmer yeah. I mean I've had a few people on the show talk about intentional parenting yeah. and nearly every one of them they talk about swimming as yeah. something you should get your children in because it teaches you discipline it teaches you to keep pushing and to keep bettering yourself, yourself because you're constantly competing with yourself so, and your yeah. time is that something that has contributed for you in it terms of I think how you approach sports. life mm-hmm. i think generally sports okay um team sports mm-hmm. it's for me i'd always tell and, and not to say okay team activities team activities it's just that when the children are younger especially in our societies in mm-hmm. less developed countries it's mostly sports that we have that's the cheapest option mm-hmm. but team activities for as long as discipline can be instilled in a child out of the home mm-hmm. i think that's always it does so many things for the child it's just teamwork you need a child who is a team player you uh-huh. want to have a child who is a team player yes. and mm-hmm. even if innately they might not be they'll be able to recognize that okay now i have to do this a certain way the importance the of importance it importance of mm-hmm. it might come some may struggle more than others mm-hmm. but at the end of the day the child has to recognize that this is what is necessary for me teamwork and discipline mostly mm-hmm. as a foundation then do anything else so as a child i don't know if swimming comes easier to parents now i'm not so sure maybe there are more opportunities um, now it's there are easier. more opportunities mm-hmm. now it's easier but any team sport that a child should engage in i remember recently we had um, a coach a football coach for my son mm-hmm. he was maybe about 7 or 8 at the time he's 13 now and it was raining mm-hmm. right and we had practice yeah. and we were on a whatsapp group mm-hmm. 
and the coach sends out a message. So many people in the WhatsApp group are saying, oh, Kyle will be late. <laughs> oh, Anthony will not be able to come today. Oh, but he sent us a voice note, a very strict voice note and mm-hmm. said, if these children are not at the field by 10 a.m., mm-hmm. Consider them out of my group. You know, we I had planned. I just went through this <laughs> recently because my son is also playing football, and whenever it rains, and it's normally the mothers, the mothers, ah, the mothers, you know, and he's like, bad weather does not stop training. Exactly. And mm-hmm. when is a little bit of rain? Exactly. So if you, the parent, cannot push your child in moments of adversity, then what do you think is going in mm-hmm. uncomfortable situations? Because that means you're smothering and. In the voice note, it was clear he was speaking to moms. And he kind of <laughs> highlighted the single moms uh-huh. because the dads were taking their kids. Like, it yeah, because they know them. Because mm-hmm. now for me, I, I'm a single parent of mm-hmm. sorts. So I know the other parents on the group. Mm-hmm. And we were the first ones to yeah. say, <laughs> we're not bringing our kids. It's but raining. the others and the men on the group were saying, what do you mean? These kids have to understand that yes. whether it's raining, whether it's shining, it's just a little rain. Let mm-hmm. them do the sports. So that's discipline that regardless of what the situation is mm. I have to move forward I have to do this and truth be no stop we picked our kids moved and them, were there. dropped them yes. and left they said yeah now you can go and do what you want you know come back for them at 2pm <laughs> so and bizarre that's exactly what yeah. I'm going through and I find it hilarious because I'm always there I'm like we do not miss training you don't miss training whether mm. what or what like you've really got to have some sort of even ex- now like excuse. as a, a grown woman yeah. if it's raining I'm like, yeah. people are like, oh, my hair, my hair. Yes, I will go, I yes. will run, I will whatever. I'm like, it's just hair, I can do it and tomorrow. It, you see, it's discipline that's instilled. You'll notice that the people, even when you go for meetings, like mm-hmm. you called me to this show, mm-hmm. Christo, in my mind, when you tell me that you have to be here at a certain time, mm-hmm. I'll do everything in my power to make sure that I'm here 15 minutes before time mm-hmm. because anything can happen. Yes. You cannot allow someone to say, the traffic, the traffic, <laughs> but you knew where you were coming from. You knew where you were going. You knew how long it was going mm-hmm. to take you. So why don't you leave some room for any eventuality to happen? Yes, I mean, like, yes. let's say the president comes and they stop the cars. And for me, that's where my 15 minutes rule came. Mm-hmm. Like if the president comes and stops us in the road, uh-huh. we wait for 15 minutes. You can wait for 15 Whether minutes. You like it or Whether not. you like it or not. That's so a, the British, move 15 isn't minutes the British style of timekeeping where 15 minutes, I told you when I went to minutes Manchester. Early, you're on time. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, actually, and when you're uh-huh. on time, you're, you're, late. you're late. If they tell you be here at noon and you're there at noon, you're late uh-huh. because you've only been able to be there at noon because nothing else happened uh-huh. along your way. I like that so you said back to able. Manchester Day. It's yeah. definitely no one. There was no excuse. How can rain be an excuse for late coming? Mm-hmm. What's that? Or not showing up? Actually, for cancellation. Yes. What's that? So many people do. <laughs> It's like a normal thing which should not be. Yeah. It's a Ugandan yeah. thing. It's an African an thing. An African thing. Well, Pumla, your journey with Bump Love, how yeah. long have you been part of the show now? Uh, three years uh-huh. in March 2022. What have you learned about yourself <laughs> on this journey? Because you really dig deep. You share a lot of your personal stories as well. And I'm sure there's a lot you learn about yourself as well. Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time that this show teaches me more. Like we started this show to be able to impact, mm-hmm. even if we know it's and it's not like we're experts in anything. Mm-hmm. No, I don't believe there's an expert in parenting. Uh-oh. Maybe certain spheres of parenting, you can find someone who's better at dealing with autistic, even when you find the experts, they things. can say different things. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's no real Bible to this thing. Really, what I have learned is that it's okay. That I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm doing fine. 
and and it's all right and my child is healthy and I should be thankful for that mm-hmm. because I'll tell you the stories we have had on Bampla I'm like oh my goodness all oh my days like yeah <laughs> yes. you don't own the worst problems in the world thank you so be thankful smile be happy mm-hmm. raise your child to be healthy to be good to be kind to be loving to be confident to be self-reliant and there are things will turn out all right you True. will be okay so gratitude and also i feel like take one day at a time take one day at, <laughs> at a time, time. Yeah, so a time. i hear that you are helping other couples other people out there who have challenges <laughs> becoming parents I, True? I did help. You I did, did help. Okay. Help, yes, I did my part. Okay. <laughs> you donated your eggs? I donated my eggs. Okay. <laughs> wow. Again, Manchester. <laughs> so I didn't so I didn't do what? that here. I share this story on mm-hmm. Bampla. Mm. But I share this story 10 years after the fact. Okay. I did this so 10 years ago. Mm. Yes, but 10 years ago I was 27 years old. And maybe this is another thing that Bampla has done for me. It mm-hmm. has made me realize that there are things you can do as an individual and not realize how much you're impacting. You know, that for the ocean to exist, drops of water have to have made up for it. Mm-hmm. And if nobody put a drop, there would be no ocean or yes. no lake or no water body. So you don't realize the impact of your one drop of water mm-hmm. and what it actually means to somebody who doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And I think because 10 years ago, to be honest with you, I had gone to tie my tubes. That's really what had taken me to the center. Oh my (laughs) goodness. I knew that I had my one son Mm -hmm. and we were good together. I have never really wanted to have children. You didn't see yourself having more children? I didn't even want to really have children in the first place. Mm -hmm. But I think God decided or life decided that, you know, you will have. Now I know why he decided I should have my child. Because Mm -hmm. I would never be the person I am now without my son. Mm -hmm. So now when that was done, I was like, I'm just done with this. I, I don't want to go through all this contraception all these measures I had tried to have my tubes tied in Uganda mm-hmm. and oh here they say no they say no <laughs> they the say first no. problem being that I have to get consent from, from your husband, husband. Mm-hmm. trash trash <laughs> that trash. is Uganda for you by the way so that really upset me okay. it's like what and the gynecologist I'm talking to is my guy he knows what I've been through he knows that I'm divorced mm-hmm. and he's Saying, no, 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 I need consent. Mm. Then after a while, he'd start saying, okay, you know what, Pumla, the truth is, you have one child and you're still young. So I realized this is not going to happen. So when I got this opportunity abroad, I said, I am not going to leave this country without having my tubes tied. Okay. So I tried. I went, consulted a GP. They call them GPs. Mm Mm-hmm. And he directed me. I said, no, no, no. There's a fertility center. That's where they handle all those reproductive issues and things like that and mm-hmm. whatever. So when I went to the, the center, it was called Care Fertility Center. Mm-hmm. They put in a waiting room. And in the waiting room, there were two ladies um, with West African accents. I always want to say Nigerian, but mm-hmm. then I realized after the fact that they might not have been. Uh-huh. Yeah, but they had West African accents. And they were speaking about... Um, how they had been struggling for years mm-hmm. and not being able to have a child and their last option was egg donation. Okay. But on the list of donations, you know, you always want your children to look like you. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to mimic something about you. Mm-hmm. So they said that the, the list of egg donors were all of different um, descent. Mm-hmm. So there were no African eggs yes. that they could use. And the doctors had kept convincing them 
to the specialists that come convincing them that no children are children at least he'll be part to you he'll have the sperm of your husband even mm. if it's not an egg i mean you're, at the end of the day the egg is white so it was mostly caucasian okay. the eggs were mostly caucasian yeah, that's and i think caribbean mm-hmm. mostly so when i had this conversation i don't know i don't know what it did i don't know because at the time i don't think as empathetic mm. so i don't think i was being driven by empathy i think i was just being driven maybe it was humanity i don't know yeah. but something made something me appealed to something appealed to me and i will never understand why maybe it was, it was also just the realization of okay i have been blessed with this gift i have exactly, my son yes. and i'm closing and up I'm closing. so there was also that so yeah. and yet here's and someone who was struggling so uh-huh. why can't i just do this for them does oh. it take any it's a beautiful thing, really. though. I don't know. People say no, from I just don't realize. But for me, I think it was just it was more of a logical decision. <laughs> <laughs> so as when I entered to talk to the guy, I didn't even remember anything about having my tubes tied. I just started asking the questions that oh, there were ladies who were phoned, and they seemed to be struggling. As mm-hmm. in, is what they say true that you only have eggs of different descent? You don't have African descent? Mm-hmm. And she said yes. Infertility, you know, is not a problem for you Africans. That's mm-hmm. what you think. When something like this happens, you would rather donate for cancer. Okay. and do car washes for cancer or whatever but, but when it comes to infertility they don't think about that being a problem that ah, if god wants you to have you'll have children if he doesn't want you won't have them <laughs> they don't consider it like it's a problem yes. so you'll find that it's mostly um caucasians who mm-hmm. struggle with mm-hmm. infertility mostly and people acknowledge that it's a real struggle and if people want to have children let's take our eggs it's a real thing for them right yet for africans they don't and they've done drives and drives and then i remembered even in my university there had been a drive mm-hmm. for eggs of african descent you know that in those countries there are so many drives for all sorts of things <laughs> so when she said that i remembered there had actually been a drive uh-huh. for africans to come and donate their eggs and things like that I'm like oh okay i didn't even pay it any mind at that mm-hmm. time So when I asked her she said okay let's take a few tests mm-hmm. and see if you're willing and I was like okay take whatever tests you want to take they run the blood work they run my hormonal work they run my psychological work <laughs> mental work <laughs> yes to be sure <laughs> to be sure you're no, not going to come back and say you people stole my eggs yeah. mm-hmm. but I think it's more about being sure that the children don't give birth to problematic people mm-hmm. passing on a gene that oh, they that cannot too. control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah the next day the doctors called me back and said Pamela, when are you ready? Okay. You're good. We're wow. ready to go. I don't think many people can say they have had that same experience. I At least, know. especially not Ugandans. Not Ugandans. I mean, now you hear about people sure. who yeah, no, maybe donate are. to family or to yes. friends, but just... No. Mm-hmm. And you see, so I was actually approached by a cousin of mine years after. Mm. I was approached by a cousin of mine who was struggling with infertility. Okay. And... She asked me to be a donor. And I said, "Oh, I'm fine with it. I'm mm-hmm. right with it." But she was living abroad with her husband. Okay. And then when they came and we tried to do it here, so that we actually tried to do here at okay. Women's Fertility Center. I got uh-huh. in touch with a doctor there, with a specialist there. We had the conversations. I told them my history, what had happened and everything. They're like, "Well, good to go. You can come." But now at this point I was 35 maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's like the mark where they really tell you fertility now really plummets. Mm-hmm. So while I had got 27 24 eggs the rounds I had done when I was 27 28 Oh they collected 24 they collected, eggs yeah so I did two cycles mm-hmm. the first cycle I collected 24 eggs the mm-hmm. second cycle we collected 27 eggs Oh my goodness yeah mm-hmm. and it's something I tell people you know like how they would um put black people out on display mm-hmm. and like poke poke them to touch their is what skin is that what color of skin mm-hmm. 
the specialists, every time I would come, because you'd have to go every week for them to monitor. It's an IVF cycle. Mm -hmm. They take a month per cycle. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to go every week for them to monitor how the eggs are, are developing. And for them, it was such a shock. Because most of the people on average would give like 10 to 12 eggs. But every time they would come, like, what's this? 24? Like, oh, yeah, 24. The next time, 27? Like, what's this? We finished. Mm -hmm. When I was speaking to the, the specialist here in Uganda, he told me, yeah, but remember, that was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So don't be shocked if now things have, you, changed. things have changed. But also, don't be shocked if things haven't. Because the truth be told is that Africans actually do have a higher fertility rate. It can go either way. Mm -hmm. So don't. But then, by the time... My cousin came and spoke with a specialist and everything. By the time we left, she had decided she didn't want to. Okay. She didn't want me to be her donor. Mm -hmm. And that was on the advice of the specialist who said that we shouldn't be too close. It's always That's what better. I was thinking. It can be a bit difficult. Because, yeah. I mean, just imagine, <laughs> yeah. in a few years' time, yeah. you meet your cousin and their yes. child. Human yes. <laughs> beings, our emotions are weird. Emotion, yeah. He said that it's fine. We don't refuse. We just discourage and we'll let you know the reasons why. And then it's up to you to make up your mind. Uh -huh. Some people go ahead and do it because they're really desperate. Mm -hmm. But we have seen it mostly happen on the point of the person who's donating. There's always an attachment they have to that child. And it has happened not once or twice that the donor speaks, says something to that child. Oh and yet you're not allowed to say anything no, to the child. No, that no. It should be the parent because you're in just, their own time. In their own time. If they want to, at the end to. of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. If they want to, that should be their decision to make. It's a you very should not delicate take it. process. It's My very goodness. delicate. Mm -hmm. So it's always better, they say, if you don't know the people, you don't know the children, you may never see them again. You have no clue. But here, close to she's my, my first cousin. Ah. Imagine. So <laughs> yes. that's like your child mm -hmm. growing up in somebody else's home. And mm -hmm. then there's that. When he said it that way, he said, precedent has shown us yeah. that this has And happened. you may think you're totally fine exactly. with it. You know, I think that's part of the reason why they also discourage a lot of women from tying their tubes. Because many women yes, are 100% yes. sure. Exa in that moment. And then years later, they want to untie, untie or reverse. Which has happened quite mm. a number a of lot. times as well. Because you so, might yeah. meet someone, you don't know exactly. what happens in know. life. Sometimes yeah. you go through an experience and then you want another that's child. That's true. I think that idea of like the permanence that comes with it mm -hmm. is where... I think that's where the issue is. You only think about what you want right now, what yeah. you need right now <laughs> in this moment, driven mostly by emotions. <laughs> so when the doctors come and say something, you're like, oh, okay. Well, mm -hmm. but usually desperation still drives you to do what you want or a desire that I need to do this now. Yeah. It still drives you. Because well, even like the time mm -hmm. the tubes, I decided then, you know what? I've got so much like hold back mm -hmm. so ah, let me just let it, it let go, it go right? because <laughs> what am I fighting <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing yeah. your journey yeah. um, as we wrap up I mean I like that you said you're an economist first yes. you know much as people here we've talked a lot about yes. parenting but you're an economist first yeah. and you're really passionate about that yes. um, and then you shared you know your childhood being that different child because yeah. you were that different child who was constantly fighting against authority um, for people who are struggling like that you know who are different yes. mm. any <laughs> advice number one we are all different uh -huh. i don't think there are different people or different children we are all different mm -hmm. 
it's unfortunate though that we live in a system or a society that has dictated what normalcy is uh-huh. unfortunately mm-hmm. but since i'm assuming your listeners are adults <laughs> yes yes absolutely so yes in an adult sphere it's difficult to have this conversation with children because at the end of the day they have to go back and live under their parents roof under different kind of authority but if you're in a place of authority and you recognize i don't want to call it different or you recognize talents or abilities in the creative sphere mm-hmm. of people yes yes and you're able to nurture those talents find out more about them they might be opposite to what you are or who you are mm-hmm. but be able to be accepting of people as they come and find out what they can do with mm-hmm. that talent that you might not be seeing mm-hmm. so for me it's always been advice that i give generally to people that you never know what you're stifling Yes. out of in a human being true and you never and know also how can. being so close minded how we also yes. block off so many blessings exactly. and, and possibilities mm-hmm. yes with ourselves mm-hmm. as well because for every time you block somebody off it means there's a block in your mind as well mm-hmm. but you never know when you open those blocks and open those spaces you open your world to possibilities you know there's the law of positivity yes, yes. Say, as long as you live a positive life and you're positive about things good things will always you come back to you you attract positivity Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing if you open your mind and open it to anything that might be again guard your heart protect <laughs> your mind <laughs> but be able to yes. open it to to possibilities mm-hmm. and you never know what you might attract it's yes. usually good things yes. usually yes good well things. thank you so much for joining me Pumla pleasure chatting with yes, you really nice looking well. forward to chatting again <laughs> looking forward to chatting again I actually have a, a bad cold <laughs> I'd wanted to postpone this but I said who says no to Christy <laughs> <laughs> Groove Cafe